You're listening to Galaxy of Film. Oh, what's up? Oh, what's up? It's it's Yates here, and I played Jason in Galaxy of Films' newest short film, Distinguished. I just wanted to take a sec to interrupt the podcast to let you know that as of July 15th, Distinguished is available right now on the Galaxy of Film website and YouTube channel. Check it out. Don't be a dick whippet. Come on. All right, welcome back to the Brainups of Galaxy of Film. I'm, of course, your host, Max, and I'm joined with my slightly shorter co-host, Danilo. How are you doing, bro? Spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, I've been doing all right, hanging in there. Summer's summer's ended. Yeah, pretty much. Come, yeah, dude, when, then I, when not this episode comes out, but when the next episode comes out, I'll be back in school already. Yeah, oh my gosh, dude, summer has flown by, truly. You know, yeah. Summertime's winding down ready to go into fall you know football season school starting up our back to school session you know and speaking of back to school stuff here in galaxy of film we talked about a great back to school trilogy a few years ago called the diary of one Beacon trilogy so check that episode out that's hey, not my Roderick, though not my Roderick. that's exactly <laughs> anyway, though, dude yeah man i've been all right just chilling hanging out in there oh pumpkin spice is coming back baby 23 27 years i think it is it's been around oh, oh man that's a long time too shit Older than you and me. Goodness, man. Goodness. Craig, what's been going on else- elsewise for you, man, besides school coming up soon? No, yeah, nothing. Just hanging in there. Not nothing? Just... <laughs> nah, dude. Homeless guy chilling in my apartment complex. Car got broken into again. The usual. Oh, okay. Yeah, as you can see, everything's just fine and dandy over in the beast these days. Very nice. Yeah, dude. I didn't know we were ranked at, like, on, like, the top 25 of, like, most dangerous cities. Oh, that's awesome. That's just... Yeah, I didn't like... know that. Yeah, <laughs> I think Beast is like 15. Wow, maybe it's a good thing my trip to <laughs> Michigan got canceled this fall because of BluesCon. <laughs> yeah, dude, I can't believe that too. Yeah, well, I can, but you know. Yeah, oh, it's crazy, yeah. man. It's crazy. Dude, but... a year ago today, you were here, man. Actually. Oh yeah, we were, weren't we? My memories just popped up the other day. Yeah, a year ago, like from uh, today or tomorrow, dude. I think it was. Yeah, August 21st was yesterday. Yeah, a, a year from yesterday, you were up here ripping it, ripping it the beast, dude. When we had that iconic uh, a knife talk moment happen at oh, Dublin, <laughs> there will be nothing better than that. Gosh, man, it'll be a great time doing BluesCon next year. We'll have to go ahead and go on our bar crawl again. Uh, get Brandon yeah. with us this time. Maybe Chris out in the bars too. Um, Cena. Yeah, man, you got you know it. You know it, man. Yeah, that guy. That guy had one too many at uh, Long John Silver's or wherever we were, dude. But he couldn't walk <laughs> home. <laughs> was it the barbecue shack or whatever? <laughs> yeah, what was it? Famous Dave's, I think it was called. Or Famous Dave. Goodness, bro. Goodness. Yeah. I actually really wanted to try it, so I was happy we went, but I was tired that day. I think I did a whole day or whatever. I, I was up so, from like 8 a.m. that day. Damn, yeah, that was crazy. You came in. I was at the airport for at least an hour or whatever. Gosh crazy man time flies check out our video pablo's big city blues if you want to see more about that trip um definitely an incredible time for sure bro for sure yeah no hey that's when i had the jetta dude yeah oh my god man it hey, feels, I feel old now. Shoot. 
rest in peace, bro. Just rest in peace to that beautiful car. Hey, you remember that time we were on the highway, dude, and those two semis were back to back? And I said, hey, watch this. <laughs> and you just held on for dear life. <laughs> yeah, it's like we're blasting off in the hyperspace. <laughs> yeah, good times, man. Shout out to the Jetta. Yeah, bro. I felt like I was, I was uh, Ezra Bridger just being launched off. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> okay, bud. We'll talk some Ezra Bridger later on, but for myself, man, it's it's been a rough week. I'm not gonna lie, bro. Uh, my girlfriend had to go back for another semester of college, so she ended up moving out the rest of the summer. Um, had a good run this summer, you know. It's not like we're breaking up, but you know, it's just kind of shitty because you go from seeing someone every day to not seeing him every, every day. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's, that sucks. Just kind of been looking for some guilty pleasure movies. Um, we'll talk recent views in a bit too. Kind of go into, into some of those. Yeah. I think you mean um, Wild Things, bud. I think Guilty Pleasure Movie is called Wild Things. Oh, I was debating rewatching that the other day, man. I actually <laughs> so was I, bro. So was I. It popped up on my recommended. Goodness, man. But, um, yeah, this this is a weird thing to talk about, bro. I usually don't get personal on the podcast. You know me. Um, but I, I, I don't feel like it wouldn't be right for me to not get personal on an episode like this. Um, this. This episode is a terrible coincidence, more or less. Um, unfortunately, this past weekend, I had a close family member of mine, uh, my Aunt Sarah, passed away. Um, and it really kind of hit me afterwards, kind of like reflecting on things. Um, the the reason I've, I've been, you know, on Galaxy of Film, on this podcast, kind of over the last couple of years, talking about how much the theater experiences are, are, are because of my aunt. You know, I've always said, like, Rugrats Go Wild was my first movie in theaters. And I vividly remember that as a three-year-old. I vividly remember sitting next to her watching that in theaters. Um, so it, it definitely has been hard the past couple of days, for sure. But also, um, as our listeners can tell by the title, we're talking some hip-hop films this week. Um, 8 Mile and Charlotte Compton, because hip-hop's 50th anniversary was just recently. But also, man, she got me into Eminem. So it's like, ah, this is a really weird coincidental episode. Um, but yeah, I just kind of wanted to dedicate this episode to her and kind of pay my respects that way. Um just yeah not been not been a great time so far man but you know life goes on i suppose but yeah yeah very sorry for your loss man but yeah life life unfortunately goes on but hey it was cool that she got you in the hip-hop yeah well i'm gonna yeah 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 you all i imagine you have some songs that you remember yeah with her mind so those are always good to have those type of memories as well and speaking of Wimpy Kid, real quick, because we mentioned it earlier well, this episode, okay, I dude, saw Wimpy Kid what? three with her in theaters no, too, man. That was an awful transition, dude. That was an <laughs> awful transition, but yeah, no, cool, man. Yeah, no, but just saying, man. You know, that's, that's one of the reasons I value those theater experiences so much. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely a big part of Galaxy Film. And I didn't realize that she was a listener of the show as well. Um, oh, nice, dude. Which definitely kind of hit here in that, but um, yeah, yeah I, I don't have a segue for this one, so just kind of want to be upfront with my listeners. It's been a rough week for sure. But, uh, yeah, man, I guess let's go ahead and talk to the news real quick. Yeah. That was, like I said, a terrible segue. Apologize for that one, everyone. But, you know, uh, first up here on the news, we do have some kind of a bit of shocking news. Um, Charles Martinet, the voice of Mario. This is, of course, in all the Mario video games and commercials and whatnot for the, since, you know, Mario's had a voice since Mario 64. Um, he is has announced his retirement. He's retiring from the role of Mario. Uh, but not just as Mario, he's retiring his voice from all Nintendo games, um, which is crazy because he voices Mario, Luigi, Wario, Wallow, he's, he's everybody, you know. Oh, he's, he's the Mario yeah. universe. He, he's the Mario universe, exactly, man. Um, so this is kind of a 
bit of crazy news. He's like, where do we go from here? You know, we do have another game coming out next year. Obviously, the franchise will go on. Mm-hmm. Um, but who, who just really knows? Uh, so I'm curious, Danilo, real quick off the bat. Obviously, earlier this year, we watched the Mario movie, did an episode on it. Do you think his retirement is because of the Mario movie and not being Mario in that piece? Uh, maybe, but I don't know. He's probably just old. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, dude. I don't know how. I don't know. Maybe he, like, I don't know. He's butthurt about it. Possibly. But tell him to grow a pair, dude. Tell him to not be butthurt about it. Okay. Yes. <laughs> like, you don't see Ashley Eckstein retiring as Ahsoka because she's not voicing Ahsoka. Uh, that's true, I, I guess. I mean. You know, she, paid a pu- she made it publicly known she was upset, which then a bunch of fans supported her for it. Though are a bunch of fans supporting her for, uh, or not supporting her, but supporting uh, this Mario guy. Yeah, yeah, he's getting tons of support online, but still, oh, you know. good for him then, dude. I, at the end of the day, dude, I want him as Mario. That uh, that Chris Pratt guy, yeah, that guy can go to hell. <laughs> terrible actor, <laughs> terrible actor, absolute terrible actor. I, I've, I, I, I'm trying to find a you know a comparison to what I would rather watch and see, but truthfully, I'd rather shove a knife in my eardrums than listen to him be Mario again for another movie. All right, man. Great. That's great. That's that's, that's awesome. Yo, great movie. Great movie, though, dude. I'm pretty sure I rated it like a best man. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a little bit sad about this news. You know, I'm a big Mario fan. Um, there's no hey, secret to my content about that as well. Um, you know, me and Mason have been doing Mario content for years, back and forth, my old YouTube stuff. Um, yeah, he so, sold his Mario collection. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, dude, he did. What? Then he had down payments on it. <laughs> So he just got a mortgage on his Mario collection. <laughs> oh, goodness, bro. Yeah, you're not wrong. But it's, hey, only the best hey, year you got to film, baby. Only the best year. That's right. But, yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate. I'm glad to see he's retiring. He's still remaining with the company, which is um, a bit reassuring. But, you know, we'll have to see where this kind of goes for with the future of the character for sure. But Up next on the list, we actually have a trailer for the new Disney Plus series, Percy Jackson. Oh, yeah. Um, now, Danilo, you are a Percy Jackson fan, correct? Oh, yeah, dude. I read all these books. I even tried to read the Mount Olympus books or whatever with uh, Jason and, like, uh, fucking Perseus's kid or whatever, or Percy's kid. Okay. But, yeah, I loved it. Okay, so are you, are you when it comes to Percy Jackson versus Harry Potter, what, what side oh. are you on of that one? Because those are the two things but I always compared. I haven't seen a single Harry Potter. I haven't read a single Harry Potter book, and I haven't seen a single Harry Potter movie. Really? Yeah. I'd rather watch the Emoji movie than see a single second of Harry Potter. That's crazy, bro. What? Yeah, dude. I don't know. I just I just never cared for it. Okay, but like, Percy Jackson saw... was your thing, though. Yeah, because I, back then, Pablo read, dude. Pa- Pablo was a reader back in the day. <laughs> Pablo was a big reader. Um, so, yeah, I read all the books. Read them real fast. I think I read them, like, one semester of school, which is wild. There's five books. Hmm. Um, Lightning Thief. What was the other one? Lightning Thief, Sea of Monsters, Curse of the Titans, Pan's Labyrinth, and Battle for Olympus or something like that. I've never read any of them, so don't ask me. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. I was dialed in. When yeah, I say I was dialed in, oh, I was I was dialed. I, I was See a Harry Potter kid, man, to be honest with you. I didn't. I'd never read any of the Percy mm-hmm. Jackson ones, didn't watch the movie, because there's only the one of them, I think, right, for movies? Two movies. Two movies. Two of them, okay. Yeah. yeah. Absolute trash. Skip. <laughs> Skip that. But since you have seen the other movies or the two movies, yeah. um, what were your thoughts on this trailer? 
I, I like it, dude. Like, I'm excited for it. It's, it's very interesting because everyone shits on the Lightning Thief movie that came out. Mm-hmm. Which I get. It, it's bad. Like, it doesn't follow the book a lot. But it's so iconic because everyone who grew up watching that watched that movie. So, like, when they go to the casino, that's iconic. Him fighting Medusa is iconic. The ending's like, oh, that's iconic. Like, it's core memories. Canon events, one might say. Ooh. Um, but I know, like, now as we got older, we look back on it and we just shit on it, which I don't get why. Because I know deep down they, they, they have, like, you know, it's in their heart that they grew up with that movie and they, they'll like that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, anyway, they all shit on it. Rick Riordan just is obliterating it. His contract must have ended with the fucking... Uh, whatever studio produced that one or whatever because he was like i remember someone tweeted at him that iconic tweet of like what do you think of your thing and he's like they just murdered my book you know he was like uh the godfather basically saying like they just ripped the pages out and it was just like watching like he was like blood came from my eyes while i was watching that or something like that oh, man. Like, it's wild go look that tweet up go look that tweet up because it's absolutely wicked what he says I, I don't know what it was word for word i mean um, me too goodness <laughs> yeah dude and he said he's like he had like two reply two or three replies to the, to the original tweet saying that. So I know he's even writing the screenplays for this as well. Like he's adapting it and writing it. Like he's one of the writers on it. So I have high hopes for it. Um, I hope the kids do well. But now that's in Disney hand, Disney's hands, I don't know what route they're going to go with. There. Are they going to go with the PG route? Mm-hmm. Are they going to go with the PG-13? Are they going to go with the Mandalorian, you know, push that like envelope with Mandalorian Star Wars type route or an yeah. Avengers where, they get, where it can get dark, you know? Like a TV-14. Yeah, 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 exa- yeah, yeah. That's what it is. Because these books were dark. Like they weren't like, yeah, they did their thing or whatever. But they had like some dark moments in it. You know, like I don't think a centaur is something like you can kitty up. You know, or like a cyclops. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really excited to see what route they take it. They take with it, but it's pretty good in my opinion. I'm excited for it. It looked okay. decent. See, I, but I'm. I, you know what? I will say this. I will say this. You said it one time. I forget what we were talking about. Mm. Everything's shot in the volume now, and you can tell. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we talked about that. I th- you can tell. think with one of the MCU shows recently, back. Yep. You can tell. As soon as they showed Ares in this, you can't look at me and tell me that's not the volume behind it. It's unfortunate, it's, man. It, it like yeah, like I don't know if my eye just got trained to it, but I don't think it is, dude. I think they kind of are cutting costs down as well. Oh really? Okay. Yeah, because if we watch the original few Mandalorian episodes, like season one. It's very not, you know, it's good in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And then it slowly starts getting worse and worse. I, I have to look back at that National Treasure show that came out a few months ago. Because I'm curious if that used the volume as well. See, I didn't watch that. Okay. Yeah. Because they have Nick Cage. Yeah. <laughs> we, were, we were ranting about that a while back too, man. Gosh, it, I feel so old when we look back at former Galaxy of Film episodes from our yeah, catalog. Dude. It's crazy, man. I love watching Danilo's uh, arc of just, yo, Star Wars, good, 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 Disney, chillin', chillin', chillin'. And then somewhere, I don't know where it was, dude, but it's just a deep dive. Speaking of deep dives into Star Wars, let's go ahead and talk shows this week. Um, Actually, tonight, because we record on Tuesday nights, um, Ahsoka drops tonight, man, here at 9 o'clock in about an hour and 15 minutes, actually. Um, Let's go ahead and talk some. What'd you say? Rest in peace to that guy. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was heartbreaking. Come on, dude. Jesus, buddy. <laughs> so let's go ahead and talk, like, predictions for the show. Um, just kind of briefly. I know later on, once the show's finished, we'll have an episode dedicated to talking Ahsoka. Uh, but, yeah, man. So this is obviously a sequel series to what Rebels. 
Uh, we know Hera's in this, Chopper. We have a hologram of Ezra. We know Thrawn's back. And we see Sabine is Ahsoka's Padawan in this. So, you know, we're, it's very, very interesting to kind of see how we're going to have this almost half attempt of rebuilding the Jedi Order. Um, because we know the outcome with the sequel trilogy, obviously. So yeah, yeah, yeah. what are your thoughts on that? Because now we're getting a Jedi Order film with Rey later on. But here we have this whole arc with Ahsoka possibly doing her own Jedi Order, really. Yeah, I don't care. Um, okay. I don't know. It just don't. It doesn't matter to me anymore at this point. Like, this is fan service at its finest right here. That's all this show is. It's just fan service galore. We're getting new Inquisitors. We're getting Hayden back. We're going to get Ezra back. We're going to get Thrawn. That's all it is. And you know what? For people who have always wanted it, hey, good for you. Me, I wanted it back in the day. Ain't gonna lie. I remember when this first dropped. Oh God, I think it was almost during lose before COVID when they had that big investors meeting. Remember when they when they actually announced this show? Mm-hmm. I was pumped, I, but I was also like, why are we getting not animated? Whatever, you know. I feel like that would actually save us all a bunch of money, and it would just fit better and everything. But hey, fuck, fuck me, whatever. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm excited for it. I guess. You know, the trailer looked good. The trailer looked good, for sure. My hot take is Ahsoka's going to die halfway through the series. Really? Yeah. Wow, that's that's a bold statement, man. Okay. Yeah, I, I think she's going to... Oh, no, she's not, dude. Fuck me. She sees fucking Luke Skywalker in The Mandalorian Season 2. You mean Book of Boba Fett? Yeah, Book of... God, dude. Yeah, what a joke of a... What a joke of a... What a joke of a production company. Oh, come on, man. I'm looking forward to Reso- for Ahsoka coming on tonight, actually, bro. Um, I'm thinking the first two episodes will be kind of like flashbacks. Um, I'm thinking we'll get that period of time where she leaves the Between Worlds from Rebels to yeah, before yeah. she meets up with Sabine at the end of the film, or end of the series, excuse me. Um, I think that'll probably be all of episode one, maybe episode two as well. Um, and probably right afterwards, in the end of episode two, I think we'll have Mirror Kenobi. I think we'll get our Anakin reveal in this episode two, and that'll be the big cliffhanger for it, to where um, either maybe oh, it's Force... it'll be one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Gotcha. I think it'll be the same bit, and we'll either get some Force Ghost Anakin in the next episode, or maybe a longer flashback for Clone Wars. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I have a lot of faith we're gonna get some Clone Wars stuff in this for sure. I know that's what everyone's saying. Did you see that rumor that they're going back to Mustafar or whatever? Yes, I did see that. So that's crazy. Who knows, man? I wonder if we'll. I, I kind of hope we don't dive into this realm of time travel too much, um, or like a what if situation. But it'll be really interesting to see going back and forth to some of the planets and whatnot. So who knows? We'll we'll definitely be talking about it here on Galaxy of Film in the next couple of weeks, and then have an episode once it's finished. So stay tuned for that, guys. But Daniela, I think it's going to go ahead and wrap it up for this news and show segment. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, we are talking 8 Mile with our man Josh Breezy. We'll be right back, guys. You got it, rabbit. Oh, hi, Mark. The Galaxy of Film rating system is based off planets featured within the Star Wars films. From our highest rating to lowest, here is the order in which we rate these films. Number 5. Coruscant, the entire planet is one big city. Number 4. Thanks. Bespin, it's pretty far, but I think we can make it. Mining colony? 
Yeah, to be on a gas mine. Number three. Like you did by the lake on the blue. Number two. Set your course for the hot system. And lastly, number one. Gotta get back to Jakku. Back to Jakku! Why does everyone want to go back to Jakku? Alright guys, and we're back from our first break and going over the rating system. Danilo, bro, we've, we've had this guy on before for one of the LFGs a while back. And he was actually here for the first Galaxy of Film vlog we went to the Donda premiere, the listening party a few years ago. Yeah, yeah, We got our man, Josh Breezy the GOAT. How are you doing, man? Good, man. Happy to be here as always. The Galaxy of Film guys. Great to have you on here. Have you on the main show finally? Like I said, you've been here for LFGs talking the the Kanye documentary series. Uh, link down below to that episode. That's been such a long time ago. It's crazy, man. So yeah, even yeah. the Donda thing. That's like what three, almost three years, two years, two years. Yeah, um, I feel old now looking back at stuff like that. <laughs> it's crazy, man. So go ahead, bro. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your career because you are you're a rapper and you're also a professional ah. wrestler here. Uh, you want me to talk about myself with all these people at the gym? Yeah, I know you're recording. My- you're literally recording live at the gym right now. It's crazy. <laughs> but here, man, Josh Breezy, artist, wrestler, uh, award-winning artist, so long, five-time nominated artist. Let's talk about it. Um, and man, I'm just all-around creative, great guy. Do a lot of things, good at a lot of them. Great to hear, bro. Great to hear. And you, I know you know you well. So you wrestle here, like I said as well. How did you get into that, real quick? Um, during COVID, man. COVID kind of killed the music scene. And my my whole life, I've been wanting to be a wrestler. Just growing up watching it on TV, and the opportunity opened up. And I was like, you know what? I'm not doing anything anyway. They're paying me six hundred dollars a week to sit home, so <laughs> might as well go be a wrestler. Here I am. I love it, man. I love it. And of course, recently for our listeners and for our viewers here at Galaxy Film, um, there's a little bit of a project we had you come in on and work with us. A little short film I directed called Distinguished. Um, you did the music for We Could Call the Cops, which is part of one of, I believe, your most recent album, if I'm not mistaken, or one of the more recent ones. Yes, sir. Call the Cops is originally featured on the Third Dimension album. Third Dimension. And then it was, then it was also added to the breezy B-Sides Greatest Hits album. Yeah, man. So you came in, you had us, you know, work with this piece, which was awesome to have you kind of incorporate into this too. Um, especially when we've had the the roots, like this professional connection within hip hop, and also to have you on here on this episode celebrating hip hop with us too, it's been great. Um, but kind of touching back to your wrestling stuff real quick, there's another project that we've worked on together that's going to come out soon. I want to go ahead and give you the spotlight to talk about this real quick. Yeah, man. On uh, September 13th, Mayhem in the Moor, my brainchild. The culmination of Josh Breezy versus Cameron Keese has been brewing for almost a year now. And uh, in our last bout, Pro South Anniversary show, I got hurt. So we haven't been able to put an end to that chapter until now. And it's really, uh, it was really interesting. It was a really interesting time. It was great to work with you again, Max, on that. And I really mm-hmm. think that we made something special. Yeah, man. I, it was such an incredible experience. I've never worked with any kind of action sequences before as a director. Um, definitely haven't worked with anyone who's wrestled, you know, or any professional wrestlers. So it was definitely an eye-opening experience for me. Um, and totally had me out of my comfort zone realm. But it was a blast doing it, man. Like, we were shooting until, what, like 3 in the morning? It was ridiculous. <laughs> Way too late in the morning. Um, after a whole, it was really, we could write a whole movie about this, this film really between <laughs> all the stuff that had happened, trying to get it to get it to happen. Mm-hmm. Then just going through and finally making it happen. 
yeah. crazy, man. Crazy. For our listeners, link down below for when uh, this episode hits past the mark of September 13th, so you can find Mayhem in the Morning down below. Of course, it'll be on the Galaxy Film website as well, and also on Josh's YouTube channel, I'm sure. Um, so check that out, guys. Let's go ahead and start talking our first film for this week. Uh, we're going to have you on here, Josh, to talk 8 Mile, hosted, or excuse me, starring none other than Eminem. Now, Danilo, you have a bit of a connection to this because you are in Michigan. You've been to Detroit. You, you're near it, man. What is that like for you? That's cool. <laughs> have you had Mom's Spaghetti? No, I haven't. I remember there was that big line when it first launched and he was there serving some spaghetti. Damn, but... man. No, it was, I don't know. It's it's not my generation's music, but it is. But like the old stuff of Eminem, like Marshall Mathers Show, uh, the Marshall Mathers LP. I think there's one more. Slim Shady um, LP. Yep, that's it. The Slim Shady LP. That's our parents' generation. So our parents all listen to that who mm. grew up in this area. And also Detroit isn't like, you know, like everyone says they're in the metro Detroit area. Yeah, but that means they're about 45 minutes out of Detroit. Um, they're not from Detroit. Yeah. Um, like Rochester is 45 minutes out of Detroit. Yeah. 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 would have you, but the, uh, my generation grew up with the recovery album. Yeah. With the whole, not afraid and all that. Like that was massive, massive when we, uh, when we were in fifth grade, it was when not afraid came out. And then there was Rihanna. Then as we got older, like the next year was like sixth grade or whatever. So we all started listening to a bit more mature music, you know, mm-hmm. without our parents liking it. Then we got put on Rihanna with the love the way you lie. Yep. And then we also got kind of because it was the same time sort of that Drake started becoming big. We got put on that little Wayne one with Cold Wind, I believe it's called. Oh, Cold no, Wind. that's no love. Yeah, no love. No love. That's it. Yeah, no love. So we got introduced to like some big people there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we saw there was a bu- there was that one song and movie with Forever, which was Drake, mm-hmm. Eminem, Lil Wayne. And I think there's one more guy on there. Um, it's Kanye. So, yeah, Kanye. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So we just so we just like so we grew up with Eminem, but we didn't grow up with like his classics and his hits. We obviously went back to it. Like everyone knows, you know, lose uh, lose yourself. Everyone knows, sing for the moment. Everyone knows, mm-hmm. Superman. You know, those the originals. That everyone's been bopping like our parents bop. But uh, no, it took a while for us to all come around. But for all of, for my generation, the people who I talk to, Recovery is always their favorite album by him. Really? Yeah, which is just shit on by everyone else. See, you know? I like Recovery, bro. But like my my big introduction to Eminem like was Recovery, arguably. Um, yeah, that's what I mean. whatnot. Yeah. But like I really started to like Eminem with Marsh Matters LP too. Okay. Okay. It's so wild. <laughs> that's so crazy because I like. I remember like getting the um that the, the clean versions of CDs for like mm. the Marshall Mathers LP one, Slim Shady LP, and then like singing those lyrics and then hearing like my older brother listen to the explicit version mm. and being like, "That's not the words." <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. What was the Eminem album that put you onto his career, Josh? Um, Marshall Mathers LP one. Okay, and when, is that your yeah. favorite Eminem album as well? Um, I wouldn't say it's my favorite. It's probably the one I go back to. Eminem show is probably my favorite. Um, and then Music to Be Murdered by the oh, new okay. one. Come on, join me. I just I love hearing. See, people people say a lot about Eminem and like he doesn't do this, he doesn't do that. But all, all over that album is like new artists, like that he's working with, like Tate Keith beats and like freshers <laughs> he's got two chains on something he's worked uh one of my favorite tracks on there is um 
uh, Lock It, Lock It Up with Anderson Pop. Mm. And it's like Eminem and Anderson Pop, like what? Uh, he put Corday on the the Venom soundtrack song with him. Yeah, like M's doing a lot, and I, I like it. Like I like when he comes on there and raps super fast and is saying all these crazy things. Like I, I get it, the dad jokes, but then like I sit back and be like, well, he's like fifty two. Like <laughs> that is true. Like, yeah, like people think that he's supposed to just be twenty five again. That is true, man. But, That's a hot take though. With it, with music being murdered by it specifically, I like it. I'm yeah, here for it. Recovery is a dope album, though. Recovery got me through a lot of shit. <laughs> okay. Recovery helped you recover, man. I love it. <laughs> Whoa, chill, 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 chill. That's nothing. <laughs> okay, man. Yeah, that was that was poor taste. My bad. <laughs> I'm I'm not surprised though that a lot of with you being from like Michigan, that you're not like the biggest M fan. Because like if you if you hear a lot of people from Detroit, they won't name Eminem in their top five most of the time, which is really crazy to me, actually. Yeah, it actually is, because he's pretty up, he's up there, and he, he is arguably up there in the top 10, top 5 discussion, um, in my opinion, but no one does. Like, he's yeah. always just left out. You always get your same, your same typical three, you know, Drake, Kanye, and then it that three changes with, like, a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I'm just never up there for people in Michigan, too. Like, it's just, I don't know. It's like they're just not proud of it, but they are proud of it when they need to be. Oh, that's yeah. that's kind of how people are of J. Cole as well. Here from, yeah. I'm from Fayetteville as well. It's actually where I met Josh outside of a J. Cole shoot. But so. does, J., does J. Cole do a lot for North Carolina? No. See, that's, <laughs> and that's what's weird to me because Eminem does do a lot for Detroit. I know he like, does. He, has a, he, has he a gets lot. no credit. <laughs> yeah, he gets none. Like, like his daughter even his daughter went to high school that was like 25 minutes away from where i lived and was a high school right she went to michigan state yeah yeah and she went to michigan state yeah like there's like no one here talks about like oh we had uh eminem's daughter here like no it's we had um t grizzly oh that's who that's who that's who (laughs) michigan state associates them with like rappers is t grizzly not eminem you know chippewa doesn't even associate eminem there like she had a locker there i think her dad even came in and signed it and they just didn't give a fuck like so it's, it's right. just wild to me like it's it's very interesting to hear josh talk about it because like he's right and like you know yeah. i just i'm just oblivious to it because i'm from michigan that's just michigan stuff, it's just but, every day yeah, yeah but, but for someone who likes eminem mm-hmm. who knows like and sees what he does and then hears me talk about it, like yeah I, no one talks about eminem up here that's crazy yeah, eminem shoots all his music videos in detroit or michigan uh, he shot that uh, the Shady XV Cypher with him and Royce is in like a big Michigan, like historic building. Um, he turned down the role, the Jake Gyllenhaal movie, uh, Southpaw. He turned yeah. down that because they wouldn't film it in Detroit. <laughs> and he just ended up doing the soundtrack for it. Like he tries to bring in, like I remember he had a um, a brisk commercial, like an iced tea commercial in like the recovery era that was geared around the Detroit, like, cars and, like, trying to bring Detroit back. Oh, yeah, dang, yeah. He did, a, he did a Chrysler Super Bowl ad, yeah. and no one talks about it. Mm-hmm. I didn't like, know he dad, was that I, pro-Detroit still. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, my yeah. dad came home, and I think he took, like, a big pay cut on it, too. Like, my dad came home, and he's like, yeah, we got we landed Eminem for our Super Bowl commercial. Cause I guess he was an accountant for, you know, Chrysler and, you know, did the crunch numbers and shit like that, so they could get him or whatever. And he was like blown away by it, and then it he still lives in Michigan, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, he does. Yeah, he lived he lived very close to where I grew up. 
because he had a house in Oakland County, um, which is huge, but it still it was still like ten fifteen away. Okay, well I know yeah. we're stopping by next time when I'm up in Michigan, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know Madonna lives close by too. Oh, just go ahead and just pay her a little visit real quick. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Great. <laughs> That'll be great. I have to show her a little film called Like a Surgeon, man. I'm sure she'd love to hear about that. <laughs> oh, chill, chill, chill. <laughs> Speaking of little films, Danilo, go ahead and give us your recap for Eight Mile. Yeah, dude. So we're introduced to Eminem, Marshall Mathers, Rabbit, as he's called throughout this entire movie. And he's chilling, dude. He's trying to be a rapper. You know, he has a few buddies, a few Joes, and he's in this underground thing. A little rap battle going out or whatever and he kind of chokes and then just gets obliterated uh for the entire rest of the movie because he choked um his mom's fucking some guy um he has a daughter but that star is supposed to be Haley, but it's not named Haley. copyright reasons um and the movie keeps going on dude and he's just trying to live he's trying to get big in the rap industry basically or he's trying to just get over this fear of stage right he throws up mom's spaghetti on a sweatshirt you know yada 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 um he broke up with his girlfriend his girlfriend just that was just i don't know why they introduced that plot that was really odd but he just broke up with his girlfriend side this movie um and he's just trying to you know make it by so him and his buddies doing whatever whatever uh the free world comes in their top dog in this industry or not in this industry but in America. This little, yeah in this little uh area or whatever and they're 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 just the head honchos you know they boss everyone around eminem has skill he's just scared to show it Eventually, Eminem finally, or Rabbit finally gets his fucking, like, balls, you know, ready, where he's like, actually, you know what? I am a goaded rapper. And Buddy, but I don't know what d- dude's doing, dude, but he just he just snapped, and he went on Demon Time. Probably because he got beat up, um, because he saw, you know, fuck the free world guy fucking his girl, and, you know, I, I'd be pissed, too. I, you know, I would I would attack him as well. So, I, you know, hey, shout out to you, Em. Shout out to you. Like, I get it. Um, And then he just wanted to obliterate them. Lyrically. And then he did. Ooh, dropping bombs, yeah. man. Dropping bombs. That was, that was the end of the movie. And then it got the you gave the little title thing that said Marshall Mathers went on to record five more albums. They went number one. Yeah, you know, the usual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Basically, man, basically. Now, um, Josh, I know you've been open as well. Like Eminem has been a big influence in your career as a musician as well. Um, obviously you're a big fan of his of his music and his uh, discography. You know, what was the first time you watched Eight Mile, and what was your initial reaction watching that for the first time? Bro, I still watch Eight Mile to this day. Like, <laughs> it when I first watched Eight Mile, I was like, "Wow, this is great!" Like, I love it. Like, this is my movie. Like, I know all the rap, like every battle. I know everybody's verse. Okay. Uh, I know. Um, I mean, the first two are easy because M chokes, but um, <laughs> like the the final three. I know all, both sides of the battle. Um, that got me into doing like online internet uh, rap battles because uh, of Eight Mile, okay. uh, which which kind of led me to like writing real like songs and stuff. But nah, I put I put that on like if it's on Netflix or something like they they post it for a little bit. I'll watch it. I made my wife watch it for the first time like last year. She never saw it before. Okay, and it still holds up in my opinion. Crazy. Would you say this is one of your favorite movies of all time, then? Yeah. I put it in my top ten. Good to hear, man. Nice. I have some strong opinions about it, for sure. This is, um, just like your wife, this was my first time watching this as well, actually. Really? Yeah, I know, man. I know. Which is crazy, because the other movie we're talking about this episode, Stroud of Compton, I've seen plenty of times. Um, mm. This was my first time watching 8 Mile, 
And I got to say, man, after watching this and even throughout the entire thing, this is like a mature hip hop Disney movie, like one of their live action movies. <laughs> like everyone Makes just sense. solves their problems of rat battling randomly. Everyone just rat battling on their lunch breaks and just in random clubs that was, and ciphers. That was how it was back then. Like we didn't have social media. So it wasn't like, oh, I don't like him. Let me go tweet about it. It was not. I don't like him. I'm gonna go home, write a 16, and cook him on the lunch line. Like you think M uh, or Rabbit just off the top with that uh, against ex- Exhibit on the the lunch line? The, um, <laughs> some some you and Paul the fruitcake like <laughs> like nah. He's been where he went home. He's like, man, I see what he's doing. I'm about to write some, memorize it. And one day, just cook him. That's what happens. But nah, that's how it was, especially in rap, like. Uh, we used to do that, like the lunch tables at in high school. Oh, really? Yeah, people would have their pens. They would make a beat with the pen. And you would kind of just cipher around, and depending on who it was, like you might catch a stray. Like if I don't <laughs> like you because you was talking to my girl or something, I'm gonna cook you a six real quick, get her back. <laughs> Dang! If it works, it works. Then, man, that's impressive. <laughs> yeah, man, that's a. It's crazy. That, that movie came out in what, like 2004. No, I think later than that, wasn't it? Wasn't it 2008? Nah, I don't think it's 2008 because that's oh, 2002. He... Excuse me, I'm, I'm thinking 2002. 2008. Yeah, Damn. yeah, that's right around the time I'm in second grade. I'm loving Eminem in second grade, third grade. I'm rapping, fourth, fifth, fourth, fifth grade. I'm rapping to other people. Mm. <laughs> so, <yeah. laughs> so very early on, love for this movie. That's great to hear. Danilo, did you have you know a young love for this movie as well? Having you been growing up in the Michigan area, Uh yeah, it was cool, man. It was a cool movie to see. Um, I watched it first time when I was I think like fourteen, fifteen. Okay, it's so in high school. Uh, yeah, yeah. So it was cool to see that. Um, I I enjoyed it. Like I was looking for like Detroit areas and stuff, and there was a few things. Most of it, all of it. Um, so yeah, it was fun. Like it was cool. Okay, what were some standout moments for you, Daniel, off the top of your head that really shine out and stand out for Eight Mile for you? When you think about this movie, um, the underground, the underground of it all, the, like the, what the nightlife was, um, mm-hmm. like that—that's just so interesting to me. I told you so many times on the podcast, you know, that when I was growing up, I wanted to be part of the underground life, you know, the gangster life. And granted, they weren't gangsters; they were just rapping. But you know, <laughs> just that, just that culture of like. There's some there's like another world that happens once the sun goes down mm-hmm. in these back rooms, back doors, like all that or whatever. Like it's very, very cool to me, you know, the world building. But it's not world building, it's real life. You yeah, know, like yeah. that's that's that like that's what makes it really cool. Um, so that was really interesting to me. How Rabbit would work a nine to five, you know, do what he does, and then like obviously it's a cutscene, so it does does whatever he does, and then he like goes out again at night from like, you know, eleven to like two AM in the morning. Mm-hmm. Like that's really interesting to me to see like that like oh you can have two lives like and a lot of people do like this might get older people have two lives you yeah, know absolutely go to work yeah like like that like you know but the it only took me until this age to realize like no that's actually a thing that can happen or whatever mm-hmm. you know even you you do your work you take your naps you do your dinner you do whatever and then I get a text message from you at like four a.m. in the morning like hey I need this for Galaxy of Film and I'm like what homeboy why are you up right now you know <laughs> like. uh <laughs> But yeah, like like it like that to me is just so fascinating, interesting. So I like that. It was great to see Eminem playing himself, you know, Rabbit mm-hmm. or whatever. And then obviously, like I don't know what if it if it if it uh like it was cool to hear like his early thoughts of the songs, you know, in this as well. 
Yes, um, I will admit you know, that's like, I really that, like that's best. really cool to me as well because I like a lot of behind the scenes action and stuff when it comes to movies. And then to see that when it comes to music is very interesting. So I really enjoy this movie. Um, growing up watching, like I just rewatched it again before I hopped on, and it's a good movie. It does it does age well. It's a uh, I don't know different different time for sure though. A hundred percent it is. Um, and it it's definitely it feels like a time piece too. It does feel like the kind of like the early two thousands, and I think that's a good thing with it too. Um, it's not a, a dated timepiece where it just feels tacky by any means. It yeah. does represent the era for sure. Um, I also love the underground, the nightlife going on with this, but I love the relationships um, he has of his of his little clique, his kind of misfit friends. Like one shoots himself in the leg by accident. Um, one of the other, yeah, Cheddar Bob. Uh, one of them's like the host of the ciphers going on as well, and these other guys just talk shit. Um, it's kind of cool to see their dynamic and their friendship come across in a like supportive but dickish way back and forth with them. I like their dynamic back and forth. Um, I really, I think obviously the final rap battle is obviously the highlight for his career in this film, uh, which is really interesting for a climax of a film too, because it's not like it's this ultimate concert piece or grand like presentation. Like they're in just some basement. There's a hundred fucking people in this room for some reason. And <laughs> it's just a literal rap battle. So really interesting yeah. climax, but the, the bit towards the end, when uh, Eminem's having him actually recite lyrics from Shook Ones for a bit, everyone starts bumping for it, waving. It is incredible. Um, it's definitely like a, a fist pump in the air moment, it feels like, for this movie. But, uh, Josh, what about you? What are some standout thoughts and moments you have for this film when you look back on it? Man, when he cooks Lotto, and I think it's, it goes lickety split and then Lotto, and then Papa Doc. But when he cooks Lotto and he's like, I get the seven digits from your mother for a dollar tomorrow. And it's like, oh, I just remember being like that kid watching that for the first time, losing my mind. Hmm. It's like, yo, what? <laughs> and then it's like, I don't even know what the Lotto is. <laughs> but man, that was crazy. And then um, I think a really, I think this movie does a really good job at having those real heartwarming moments like sprinkled in there. Mm. Like when... Um, like when Cheddar Bob is hiding after he shoots himself and he won't come out to the door, but mm-hmm. M sees him and the blinds and they go have like that one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Like that's really crazy. And it shows like, it shows that they're a bond and it's a really like, it kind of brings you into the movie a little bit more. And then another part I like is when uh, Brittany Murphy meets Eminem's mom for the first time. Mm-hmm. And like M doesn't know, he opens the door and he's talking, like um, telling him about why they call him Rabbit and all that stuff. And it's like we've all been there before, like where your girlfriend's talking to your mom about something embarrassing. Yeah. And it's like there's just I feel like the movie has does a very good job of like sprinkling those moments in with Eminem's like story, with the underground tones, with the musical concepts. Like it's a really good movie. Very well put, honestly, man. I like that a bit, too. Like, uh, the Cheddar Bob bit specifically is pretty great, um, especially when he's, like, fake falling asleep on the couch to avoid mm-hmm. confrontation. Um, I, like, I like those personal one-on-one touches, for sure. Now, yeah. Danilo, I'm curious, man, what is your final comments and ratings for 8 Mile? For 8 Mile. Uh, it's for sure a course on for me, dude. I love this movie. Um, I, I always speak very highly of it because it is a Detroit movie, for sure. But also because it's just cool to see what life was like back there. For someone like me who likes rap the way I like it, you know, likes, you know, um, the Atlanta rappers, 
likes the Detroit rappers. Now we have Flint rappers who are coming out of Michigan as well, which is very interesting. Um, for someone who loves the music industry the way I do, and especially rap in general, it's very interesting to see what it was like all the way back then. You know, you had to know someone to know someone to know someone to get recording time. You mm-hmm. know, you had to know and you had to save up money for recording time. There are people who still do that, obviously. You know, I, I had a friend who did that a lot, and uh, he was very good. And I even did like I tried to do a little documentary with him. Shout out to Mike Roy, Mick Music, if you guys want to check him out. Um, I it was out in Lansing, dude. I videotaped him while I went to some guy, some uh, producer guy's his house or whatever. Um, and it was great. It was like very cool to see. Um, that was a total um, side path here that we just took. But it's a great movie, <laughs> dude. Like I really enjoy it. And I love seeing like what that life was back there. Like you know, you say there's a hundred people in the basement. Like yeah, dude. Like there's nothing better to do, and you're watching a free show. Like you're, if you're someone who likes that music, you're watching a free show back then, and you're potentially watching someone who you can say to your kids and daughters, "Yeah, dude, I saw." You know, you know, like, "Hey, little kid, remember?" He actually went by Rabbit. You know, he didn't go by Eminem. He actually went by Rabbit. Like that's cool. Like that. Like to tell a story to your kid like that, saying you were there to see that. Like you're watching greatness happen. You know, basically, and that's timeless. So it, that's cool to see. Absolutely, that's man. That's very well put. Uh, very well put, man. For me, I gotta be honest with you. I mean, like, I, I, I really like this movie. I do. And this isn't a, a lower rating for, for bashing on it by any means. I think it's just a very overdone, uh, like, subgenre at this point. With a lot of, like, film biopics going on further and further. This is a number yeah, one, the way to Bespin for me. Okay, um, dude. Okay. No, nah, it's a great movie, man. It's great. You know, but I just, I don't know. It, it doesn't over, it doesn't hit it home for me. Um, we'll talk a bit more about Straight Outta Compton and whatnot later on, too, of course, and some other, other movies to compare it to. Um, I definitely think it's one of the better ones, for sure. Like, uh, I don't know if you guys ever seen Notorious, the Biggie Smalls movie. I like that one quite a bit. Uh, I think Anthony Mackie's in that movie, too. He plays Tupac. Oh, my God, you're right, dude. <laughs> he went from getting cooked by Eminem in the basement to being Tupac Shakur. To Captain America, my man just came up. That is why I forgot he's in that movie. Goodness, um, I like Notorious. I do. I, I do like Eight Mile a bit more. Um, and what was all, all Eyes on Me is pretty awful. I don't know if you guys seen that one. If Tupac has an iPhone, that's pretty weird. Um, yeah. yeah, I don't know, man. This is a Naboo on the way to Bespin. Um, it's definitely great. Definitely aged well, in my opinion. And I can see myself returning to it. It just definitely isn't a perfect movie. Um, but yeah. Josh, what is your final comments and ratings for 8 Mile? 8 Mile, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interrupt you. I'm sorry to cut you off. Whatever Kanye said to Taylor Swift. But Eminem has the greatest life story movie of all time. Okay. Nah, um, no. Um, nah, 8 Mile, 8 Mile to me is timeless. Like, I'll put that on tomorrow. Like, I was, I was going to watch it again before we did this. But I was like, I mean, I know everything. I don't think you need to watch it again. Just didn't have the time. But no, nah, man, that eight miles to me, like my favorite movie of all time is John Q by with Denzel. Mm-hmm. Timeless movie to me. Eight mile is like right there. So to me, I don't know what the rating system is, but I give it a give it a strong eight. Okay, man. Very well put. I love it. Love to hear it. Dang. It's crazy. This is one of your favorite movies of all time. We finally get you on for it too, man. Perfect timing. <laughs> hey, when you said that, I was like, as soon as I saw Eight Mile, I was like, let's go. I was like, I've seen Straight Outta Compton one time, but I know I'll watch that one again just to get caught up, or at least the, the spark notes a little bit. I got you, yeah, man. Eight, 
Eight miles break. It's wonderful to hear, bro. And for our listeners, we're getting ready to go ahead and take another break real quick before we talk show to Compton. Josh, I know you're getting ready to dip out real quick. Before you leave, when was that release date for Mayhem and the Morgan? September 13th, correct? Yes, sir. September 13th to Tuesday. Set your clocks. Very nice, bro. Very nice. Can't wait for everyone to see this piece. Um, you'll be promoting it. We'll be promoting it. It'll be a great time to have this one released and show you all of guys what we worked on because it, it was a fun fucking time, bro. Truly. It was an experience like no other, that's for sure. And Josh, I'm so happy we finally got you on the main show. We've been talking about this for, for two, two and a half years now. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's crazy looking back on this. Where can our listeners uh-huh. find you if they don't follow you already? Instagram, you can follow me at Real Josh Breezy. That's Breezy with two E's, two Z's, and two Y's. You can follow me on Twitter, or the new kids call it X, I believe, uh, at Jock Breezy. Yeah, man, that's really where I'm at. Very nice, bro. Very nice. It was great getting you on here, Josh. For our listeners, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to go ahead and talk our uh, second film, Straight Outta Compton. But beforehand, we got a stream of the week brought to you by Dakari for this week. So we'll be right back. Greetings, this is Dakari Holder once again coming at you live right about now from Galaxy Film Headquarters podcasting territory. And today for Stream of the Week, I'm going to talk to you guys about a film that I watched a little while ago, but it's a rewatch because it's one of those films that I grew up watching. Break Into Electric Boogaloo. This is a canon film and it's a sequel to the infamous film Breakin'. Really, it kind of just follows the story from the first film very well with the main three characters going into a community center for troubled children, um, teaching them how to dance and the arts and all that type of stuff. It's an interesting sequel, but it's done in all the right ways. It's very cheerful. The vibe is there. It's colorful. And it almost makes you tear up a little bit just looking back at how movies were made back then. Go watch it. Alright guys, and we're back from our break. We have another guest star joining us for this bit, talking Shroud of Compton. Um, this has been in the works for quite some time now, actually, believe it or not. But we got OG Spliff here in the building to talk Shroud of Compton with us. How are you doing, man? Yo, yo, what's good, man? I'm glad to be here. Um, yeah, man. You know, hopefully <laughs> it's the first and many, man. Absolutely, man. It's good to get you on here. How has your day been, first and foremost? Dude, actually, yeah, the reason why I'm late, you know what I'm saying, um... I had a kickball game earlier, funny enough, man. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. like real kickball? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like a bunch of adults drinking beers outside in the park playing kickball, man. It's, That's it's what's up. Time. That's awesome, <laughs> actually, man. I fuck with that. Um, yeah, it's like a little kickball league. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So real quick, man, because you are a musician yourself as well. Tell us a bit about yourself and your career before we dive into this movie. Oh, yeah, man. Um... Well, yeah, as y'all know, you know, I rap, uh, been doing it for a couple of years and, um, I feel like, like post COVID is when I like really started to pick up steam, like, you know, mm. like through the internet and online and stuff. And yeah, ever since then, man, I just really just been trying to perfect my craft and just, you know, put on for like, you know, North Carolina, it's a small, it's a smaller market. So like, you know, we don't have like too many artists out here right now. Like Tia, she's going crazy. She's out in Winston, but like, mm-hmm. other than that, you know what I'm saying? We're still building our sign and making it happen 
And you, you did a song of Tia as well, am I, am I correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, that's awesome, man. Great to see yeah, you working locally, love. too. Yeah, dude. Yeah, this it's, it's crazy, man. That's awesome. So, obviously, we're here to talk some films this week. We talked 8 Mile earlier for our boy Josh Breezy, which was awesome. Uh, here we are talking Shadow of Compton, the NWA movie. Um, mm-hmm. You know, definitely they were, of course, mainly Ice Cube has been a huge influence on my love for hip-hop and rap. Um, you know, obviously, we've talked some Ice Cube here on the podcast before, Danilo. Uh, we've done Jump Street, Boys in the Hood, the Friday movies earlier this year. So it's kind of cool to see us coming almost full circle and uh, knocking out not only a movie starring his son, which is pretty cool because O'Shea Jackson Jr. is a great actor, but also, you know, talking some more Ice Cube for sure. And like mm-hmm. I said, it's, it's kind of perfect timing with the 50th anniversary of hip-hop just happening too this past week. So nothing but good timing yeah, here yeah. at Galaxy of Film. <laughs> yeah, right on time. Always, always. Danilo, go ahead and give us a recap of 2015's Shadow of Compton. Yeah, dude, so 20... Uh, oh, jeez, my bad. So <laughs> it all starts, man, because when, uh, I don't know, Compton, California in 1986. Mm. And I don't think Compton, California was doing too hot in 1986, to be honest with you. Uh, seems like it was a little, you know, kind of dystopia. Um, shout out to the Utopia album that just came out. Um, but yeah, it seems like it was a little bit in the dystopia. Police, gangs, violence, drugs, all that fun stuff of Compton, California in that time. Um, we have our main character, you know, our group. And he just, Dr. Dre, wondering what he wants to do in life, thinking, oh, what can I do? What can I do? Sees his mom, you know, goes to it. And he decides he wants to rap, all that fun stuff. Joins up with Ice Cube, makes a group, NWA. And thought this whole movie, man, they're just trying to find their voice, trying to battle through, or not, yeah, trying to find their voice, trying to find their identity, all of them, their own personal identity and their group's identity. We get our record label guy, ooh, what's his name? Jerry. Uh, Jerry, yeah. yeah J- J- Jerry, yeah, dude, you get Jerry. <laughs> Who takes a chance on these guys? You know, obviously, in this time, it's a very racist America, and they don't want to hear this music. They don't want to hear this type of music. They think it's bad music. You know, they think they just don't want it. Um, we see FBI. We see cops. We get that scene outside the recording studio where they're on break, you know, and the cops come. That iconic scene, and Jerry's like, get back inside. All that fun, not fun stuff. You know, we get their hit singles, you know, fuck the police, all that. Um, and they just find that identity throughout this entire movie of where hmm. they what they want to do, what they want to represent, what and who they want to be as individuals as well, you know, what their music means. And we kind of just watch this group kind of transform into that, you know, birth into the NWA and everything. And we get this whole thing with Dr. Dre. And to my knowledge, if I remember correctly, he, like, leaves the group, right? He yeah, Dr. Dre does, yeah. Yeah, he, like, leaves the group, and then that's the big controversy and the regular thing. Like, he leaves them. He starts death row, right? Yeah, yeah, with show, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's called. Okay. Sorry, it's been a while since I watched the movie. Yeah, he started Death Row Records. And then, then you know, obviously they're two different companies now at this point, so they're gonna battle and everything. Um, but kinda at the end they just kinda still battle. <laughs> yeah, honestly it's been a while since I've seen that movie too. I was <laughs> before like this uh pod, I like prepped and like rewatched Eight Mile. I think it was like we were talking about yeah. that. And I hadn't seen. I was trying to find straight out of Compton, but you can't find it anywhere. Like you have to buy it or rent it. Yeah, I have the 4K still when it first dropped physically. But goodness, yeah. man. Um, it's yeah, it's more or less straight out of Compton. You know, also see the, the dismantlement of NWA. Everyone kind of attempt to start their solo careers, like Ice Cube doing No Vaseline, um, oh. working with Lynch Mob and whatnot. Obviously, like you said, Dre goes on with Death Row, kind of sparks Snoop's career up. We see him working with Tupac a bit. 
Um, we yeah, see yeah. Easy kind of proceed on with Ruthless Records, signing Bone Thugs and Harmony, going onwards with them too. Um, you know, Ren and Yellow just really aren't doing shit. <laughs> They're kind of just there. Um, but yeah, man, straight out of Compton. This is definitely one of the more like, like more known and hyped up like biopics of uh, like the last decade, in my opinion. Um, there like, was a moment when I came out of theaters for sure. I saw it in theaters. Oh, you did? Think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Nice, man. Yeah, it was definitely a hyped up moment. Like this is this, and I think Bohemian Rhapsody, and probably like the next comparable thing is Elvis, in my opinion. Mm. Like those yeah, are the heavy watch- three. Say yeah. again. I would say. No, I still got to watch both of those. Oh, they're good, man. They're yeah, solid. Okay. But continue, Danila. I was going to say, I think this one was hyped up because it came right around the time where our generation, like, we grew up with hip-hop, I feel like. You know, mm-hmm. like, we got, we have this different age of hip-hop that the older generation didn't have. And we're a generation that likes movies, like entertainment, like all that stuff, where once this movie came out, we were very excited to see the, see it, whether we knew nothing about the group, which I know most people didn't, if I remember correctly from my 2014, 15 ages, because I just didn't listen to them. Sure. You know, but it was like, I want to know what caused my hip hop to turn out the way my hip hop does, mm-hmm. you know, or my rap music. And this group for sure is like one of those biggest influences. You yeah, know? absolutely. So, so I, th- I think a lot of people of my generation really want to go see this movie. Um, yeah, I don't want to see it. Even personally, like, I, I love Easy Ice Cube too, like, as a writer. But like, yeah, just like the swaggy Easy, like, always. NWA was like one of the first groups I listened to when I was really like diving into hip hop. That like, Okay. Very nice. Yeah, I used to write like Easy E, like for real, like when first time. <laughs> so is Easy E your favorite member then? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Even though he doesn't write his own shit, I, you know, I forgive him. <laughs> he just, he just got the swag. He got the hustle. I feel you on that, man. Have you ever ever heard uh, "Merry Motherfucking Christmas"? It's great. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotta post that every Christmas, man. It's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> Um, for me, Ice Cube's definitely my favorite member of NWA. Um, he's also my favorite solo rapper. I know, obviously, you know, we've talked before during the Kanye trilogy of the documentaries um, last year, Danilo. You know, I think objectively he's the best, you know, hip-hop artist, but Ice Cube will always hold that spot in my heart, man. Um, you yeah. know how we do it. It will always be a classic. Um, God. What is, what is your favorite member off the top of your head, Danilo? Ice Cube. Yeah? Because it was in Rick and Morty. Yeah. That's iced tea, dude. No, iced tea. (laughs) Whoopsies. No, I like Ice Cube, dude. I like Ice Cube. That's a funny episode. I'm really happy, man. I really enjoyed that episode as well. Um, I like Ice Cube, dude. I like, uh, uh, what was he in? What did we just talk about on the podcast like four weeks ago? Jump Street. Street. Yeah, dude. I love those movies. I think he did a great job in both of them. He's funny in the first one. He even gets a bigger part, in my opinion, in the second one. A bit, yeah, because his daughter's yeah. involved. Yeah, because his yeah. daughter's involved. Yeah, so I like him in that. Um, and he was all right in Friday. I wasn't the biggest fan of it, but he was all right in it, you know? Okay, that's fair, man. That's fair. Yeah. Real quick, Danilo, because I know early on the podcast, we haven't done an episode on this particular movie, but I think it was one of your recent watches at one point. Yeah. Um, Ingrid Goes West. You've seen O'Shea Jackson Jr. act before. That was the Elizabeth Olsen movie. That was kind of like you. Oh, yeah, dude. He was an Obi-Wan, too. Yeah, he was an Obi-Wan. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, after, yeah. you know, what is your opinion on his acting now that we're talking straight out of Compton here, finally? Because this is his big film. He's all right. He's I, I, he's not the best. He's all right. He does the job he needs to do, dude. Like, he's good, in my opinion. Like, he's he's a good B, A-minus actor. Okay. Is he better than Jaden Smith? <laughs> you know, see, I only see Jaden Smith in, uh... 
what was I gonna say? After Earth or the pseudo? Oh no, the Karate Kid. Yeah, yeah, fuck Karate the Karate Kid, kid man. <laughs> Thank oh, you, Danilo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Goodness. That was it, dude. That's the only one I've ever seen him in. Um, but yeah, I don't. And and uh, no, he wasn't. I, that's actually the only thing I've seen him in. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think. I was trying to think of it at the top of my head, dude. I was like, I saw the "Whip My Hair Back and Forth" music video, but that was Willow. Yeah. <laughs> um, all I know is Jaden Smith teamed up with Young Thug, dude, for a song, and I actually like that song. Dude. It's cool. Nice no, <laughs> He's beating him in the music category, but I think O'Shea might got him in acting for now until Jaden. Yeah, I'll give O'Shea yeah, acting in Jaden the music. Yeah, he did a good job in Cocaine Bear. That was, that was pretty decent. Oh, yeah. He's in Cocaine Bear as well. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I forgot about that. Yeah. Fuck. God. I feel so old, bro. That feels like a lifetime ago almost. That's, that's wild. Oof. So, going on more about NWA real quick. Spliff, I'm curious. Within your own music career, obviously, you'd like that swagger with Easy e uh, specifically. Mm-hmm. But has anyone else within NWA, any of the other members, or any songs in particular, have they directly influenced your work at all, would you say? Um, I think, like, through, like, Transitive, like, Dre, like, kind of just, like, discovering Snoop. Mm-hmm. I'm a big Snoop Dogg fan. Like, Doggy Style is in my top five um, rap albums of all time. Okay. Um, Yeah, just, like, kind of, like, NWA adjacent. Like, if it isn't easy, it's, like, Snoop. And then, like, Dre, you know, obviously he's the... He's the mind behind it all, you know what I'm saying? He's the director, but yeah, I love Snoop, man. That's a big influence. Just like the vibes, the, you know, the, the smoking, you know, all, mm. all that stuff, man. Like all that. Wonderful to hear, man. <laughs> I love it. I just saw Snoop a couple weeks ago, actually, over at uh, Aaron Raleigh. When he was oh, yeah. His... Dude, I was trying to, me, dude, me and my girl were trying to go to that show. I forgot. Um, that was great, man. That was happening, yeah. Did they do uh like the like talent show and all that stuff off of Mac and Dre? Like the uh, movie? They did uh, Young, Wild, and Free, which was awesome. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. yeah. So, uh, we get And then the set yeah. was like the lockers from the movie, too. We need to do Young or, uh, Mac and Devin at some point, Danilo. Sometime in the show. Dude, that's... Okay, I turned this years old when I realized Young, Wild, and Free came from a movie and not just that was an album cover. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, that's that's a movie. Yeah, no, just turn that... Yeah, yeah, no. Just got it. Just, just click. I'm not going to say that movie. not says good movie. It is a movie. Yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> like Friday too, I guess. Nah, nah, Friday, Friday, I gotta get Friday's props. Friday's classic because that's like just like typical day of just like dude who has no job and just smoke weed all day. <laughs> it's wonderful, man. I was that's last time I worked on Distinguished was directly inspired by Friday as well. Mm-hmm. Um, another shameless plug for that film here on the podcast, of course. But back to Straight Outta Compton, because we also see, you know, Ice Cube's writing Friday throughout this whole movie, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, we also see his work done on Boys in the Hood, which is pretty neat, easy, kind of addresses this. Um, and that kind of reminds me of, like, through this whole movie, we're definitely seeing standout key moments in everyone's careers. Um, Danilo, I'm very curious to hear what are your standout moments for looking back on this movie and what remembrances is for you whenever you think of it. What comes to mind? Dr. Dre. I didn't know he was that influential. Like, I know he's part... What? <laughs> Just that keep funny? going, man. Just keep going. <laughs> Why is that funny, bro? That is pretty crazy. I just didn't like. I just I didn't go up in that time, so I don't know. I, I just that. didn't. And I also didn't understand. I also didn't understand how the group. Like I don't know. It's just it's a different time. We talked about it with uh, what movie we, saw. we talked about it with Eight Mile. You know mm-hmm. that it was a different time with rap. Then this was a different time as well uh, with the group. So just seeing the group come together and everything. Like, we don't have groups like that anymore. You know, we don't. We have, like, 
features and everything. So seeing that to me is pretty standout and pretty just like saying something for the times, you know, and how they're loyal to that group. Mm -hmm. You know, like we see rappers now and they talk bad about someone and they can go on his song in like two, three weeks or whatever, you know. Yeah. And he'll, or he'll be on his friend's song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But here it's like these guys are loyal to each other. These mm -hmm. guys are brothers. Like just that brother, the, the brother, you know, the brothers, the family, that type of vibes that was happening in this movie. I always thought that was a standout of it for sure. Okay. And then watch them just grow. Yeah. I'm here for it, man. Like, I, you, there's a trope you love quite a bit. The whole like friends turn to enemies bit. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's played in this in this film quite often too. Like, kind of one on one as we're seeing Cube Dre leave and Easy kind of turn away from everyone too. Um, and I, I love how it's shown in this film. I really do because not only is Easy taking advantage, being taken advantage of by Jerry this whole time, um, but we we now as an audience because obviously this has all happened before. Like, they really get to toy with it and see that sprinkled throughout the relationship, throughout their friend group over the years. Even from the very beginning when they first met Jerry, we were first trying to get their stuff actually signed and physically produced and put out, you know? Um, yeah. So this is one of the better examples, I think, of that trope being played out. Um, it's weird to call it a trope because it is based on a true story, but I think they do a good job of writing it such as a trope, if that makes sense. To where yeah, yeah, it no, does feel sense. like a natural screenplay element. Yeah, and but, going back to that too. When I was watched this when I was younger, I always thought Jerry was like, "Hey, good for you, Jerry." I think like like wait for making the group happen. Then you're like, "Ooh, actually, good guy." Like, yikes! That's funny. Yikes. That's funny. Yeah. Spliff, what are some standout moments for you in this film, if you have any? The standout moment is going back and watching that and peeping that Lakeith played Snoop Dogg. <laughs> I never <laughs> knew that. And so I was like, "Wait, is that Lakeith Stanfield?" Like. Incredible that actor. Was, that was insane. Yeah, he's a really good actor. Incredible, but um, man. nah, seriously, um, probably the FBI scene, like where they pulled up at the show, just cause like, mm -hmm. yeah, you hear about that, and I like, just to, like you know put it on like a medium and visualize it. It's just like man, they really just like made a choice to just you know stand on it, stand on the song, stand on the art, and yeah, they got arrested. That's crazy. I, I've always respected that. Like that's. That's why I love NWA, like the artists like Bob Marley, people who stand on their message and like, mm. you know, who they are as artists. Absolutely, really man. To me. It, it's beautiful to have that kind of respect and, and confidence in your art as well, too. You know, even the, it's it's a weird thing to call Fuck the Police a beautiful song, but in that moment it kind of is, you know, absolutely. Mm. Um, Danilo, I'm very curious, you know, what are your like final kind of comments and your ratings for Shadow Compton looking like? I like this movie. I like this movie a lot. Um, like I said, I would like to go back to see what influenced the hip hop that we have today. And this is group is for sure one of those groups, you know. And I didn't know much about this group to begin with either. You know, I knew they, I knew they only, I knew of the song "Fuck the Police," and that was about the only song I knew. But I didn't know about Easy E, Ice Cube, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg. I didn't know about all of them. I didn't know they were just so also so intertwined as mm -hmm. well. You know, I never thought that. I always thought they all. Because that's just not how music is today. You know, it is, but it isn't. But they're all doing their own things, kind of. Mm. It's not like, oh, you need to kiss someone's ass to get to this position, all that fun. Like, I guess you still do. But so much more back then of we're intertwined. We grew up where we grew up. You know, I, I just didn't know that. Mm -hmm. So to me, that was always very, very cool to see. Uh, I have good memories with it. My Oma took me to go see this movie. I really don't know why. I, like, she's, I guess she just wanted to go see it. But she took me and my other cousin, um, Frank, and we went to go see this movie. We really enjoyed it. Uh, we were 14, 15, whenever it came out. 
Um, and I really enjoyed it, man. So overall, I'd give it uh, probably a best man. Okay. Nice, yeah, I like it. I like the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I like the music. You know, made me go back and listen to old music. You know, their old music. And you know me, it takes it takes a lot for me to go back and listen to older music. Yeah, it was like ripping teeth out to get you to listen to Wu Tang, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was crazy. That's I had crazy. to I had to That's actually crazy. put an AirPod in your ear while we were in New York for you to listen to Wu Tang. That was crazy. Hey, you gotta you gotta tap yeah. into the Wu, man. Yeah, absolutely. That's another like Yeah. Yeah, NWA and Wu Tang, man. Like you said, man, it's not too many groups left. So you gotta go back and like just feel that energy. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Um Australia Compton is a movie that unfortunately I didn't get to see in theaters. Uh, actually, shout out to a family friend of ours named Freddie. Unfortunately, he's passed away as well. Rest in peace. But he actually gave me a bootleg copy of this when I was in high school. Okay. Um, so it was great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was able to watch Hell it that yeah. way. And since then, I, I purchased the film physically myself. And um, I, I adore this. It gets to watch like once a year. Love watching the unrated director's cut, which is almost like three hours long. Um, yeah, I, I don't even remember the theatrical cut, so I couldn't even tell you what the differences are off the top of my head, other than some full nudity here and there. Um, I think some extensions for, like, the whole L.A. Riots bit, where we're seeing that montage back and forth, like, after the group's dismembered. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, I, I just adore this movie. You know, like I said, Ice Cube's been my favorite rapper for as long as I can remember, for a solo artist, that is. Um, for groups, it's definitely, like, Wu-Tang and Beastie Boys. But man, like seeing Ice Cube also have this like touch in the sense of like movie making where he's written Friday. He's kind of I think he produced Friday, if I'm not mistaken, too. And then seeing him like go forward with uh, like, you know, are we there yet? Or the three kings like George Clooney, like he steps into this kind of corny niche side of Hollywood and to see him step back and to kind of have the creative, the creative experience of Friday with being a writer and a producer but have the budget with these other films and bringing that talent together with Stroud Compton, you can really feel the passion with this because of his, his and Dre's involvement. And I think MC Ren is also a, a producer in this film too, if I'm not mistaken. So, you True. Know, I'm sure yeah, everybody got producer credits. <laughs> yeah. It, it's very hands-on, which I love about yeah. this. You know, it feels personal, obviously having, you know, Cube's son play himself in this, it couldn't have been more perfect casting um, for that age frame of Ice Cube. Um, I adore this movie, man, and I, I love that they also, not only did they get a soundtrack featuring, you know, the classic hits from everyone in that time period of their own solo work and the group work and everyone kind of else around them, but also they made original music for this with Kendrick Lamar's mm-hmm. Compton. Um, and knowing his deep love for NWA and his inspirations for, like, working of Dr. Dre and whatnot, seeing all that with behind it is kind of like a huge love letter to, to hip-hop in the form of a film. Um, yeah, this is a chorus on for me. I absolutely love Stroud of Compton. Um, and I love the marketing that came out with this, too. If you remember, everyone was taking selfies with that Snapchat filter for Stroud of Compton. Everyone's Facebook profile pictures was straight out of Compton for a little bit. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but I loved it, man. This is a, an incredible movie, in my opinion, and still holds up um, years later. But, Spliff, what are your final comments and ratings for Stroud of Compton? Mm, rating? Mm-hmm. I might have to give it a a Nabu, man. Only because Michelle is not in it. And for those who know, <laughs> you just gotta watch the other movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, nah, yeah, I, I, I love this movie, man. Um, you know, for better or worse, I, I love, you know, 
every every you know everybody who had a part of it you know suge drake mm. easy you know mc ran everybody man because like it's just such a pivotal moment in music you know so it's just it's really cool that we got to see that on the big screen and yeah it's like i feel like i mean any biopic it's hard to you know stay super accurate you know to everything that happened but i feel like straight out of confidence is like a pretty good job compared to the rest like compared to get rich or die trying or eight mile even and mm-hmm. even though like both of those are you know respectively like you know good movies in their own in their own right i feel like straight out of compton was like a real cultural moment to where okay. everybody was like you know either you were like a new a new fan of hip-hop mm-hmm. getting into like all right like so how did this start or you were like you know already hip and then you're like okay so we finally we're finally getting the movie so it was it was a good moment for the culture for everybody so yeah i, I Almost one of the best fans, but I got I to get it put on Naboo, man. It's on Naboo. That's fair, man. It's a, it's a solid rating still, regardless, you know. <laughs> Only the best straight galaxy of film. Uh, Danilo, I have one last question for you, though, man. Out yeah, of, what's up? Out of these two films, Eight Mile and Shroud of Compton, which is the better first date movie, do you think? Shroud of Compton. <laughs> is that first date? Yeah, yeah. Oh, pro- uh, probably... I don't know. Probably straight out of Compton, but like I don't know. Eight Miles is slightly depressing sometimes. A little bit. <laughs> and then, a little bit. <laughs> and then like, yeah, just when, <laughs> when you go back and really watch it, it's like, why was he tripping over this girl that he fucked and like he fucked her at his job in a warehouse? Like you don't know her. <laughs> like, this is a stranger. Like, and then next th- next thing you fighting your friend over her in the studio. Like, bro, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, it is crazy, man. Go see uh, a rabbit down at the health department soon. <laughs> and then uh, freaking Papa Doc, he only rapped one time before the final showdown or whatever. Yeah, and then he bitched out completely. Yeah, yeah so really, he only rapped one time. Like, and he's like the big bad like at the end. So that was just, that was just like, just, I don't know. It's just, it's like, what? <laughs> What's going on? I feel you on that. One of my favorite scenes in that is, um, I mean, really just that whole sequence of him just battling, battling all those people. But one of my favorite scenes in Eight Mile is uh, when they're in the parking lot and they're just freestyling and they end up like, you know, singing a song. I forgot what song it was. And the free world shows up. Mm. He's like, fuck the free world. And then like, or your breath's like, uh, what's his name? Um, the uh, Cheddar. Yeah, Cheddar. He's like, fuck the free world. And they all like start fighting and stuff. Yeah, that's a, that's a crazy scene, man. Yeah, but I gotta, I gotta get straight out. Of, it's, it's straight out of Compton over eight. Now. I gotta give it to them for that. Two for one, man. I love to hear it. I love to hear it. For our listeners out there, if you're looking for a date, go go straight out, straight out of Compton for this one. Yeah, first date. Yeah, <laughs> for <Wow>. sure. <laughs> <laughs> Only the best your galaxy of film, Danilo. Or, Only the best. Only the Only best. best. What, a, what a tagline! What a tagline! <laughs> Back from time traveling. Oh yeah, man! God, what a what a time! Next week we got a special Dragon Ball episode coming out. Can't wait for that. It'll be a blast. Um, this week on the YouTube channel, we're dropping an old episode talking some Star Wars of Craig Miller, who of course worked on the original trilogy. Um, the episode's been out for about a year now, but guys, we're doing a video version which drops this week on the YouTube channel. So check it out as well. So only the best your galaxy of film. Nothing but great shit. <laughs> nothing. Nothing but great. So, Spliff, it's been great having you on here, man. Like I said, we've been trying to get you on for a hot minute, so I'm glad we had you on for such a, a cool episode like this, too. Talk uh, about yeah, I'm back, man. So, Talk about 
where can our listeners find you, man? And your music, of course, too. Oh, yeah, man. Find me everywhere. OG Spliff, man. O-G-S-P-L-I-F-F. Um, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music. If your grandma's still using Pandora, I'm on there. Man, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> all that. Hell yeah, man. That's awesome. Links down below for all those as well, guys. Be sure to go ahead and follow our boy Josh Breezy as well. Links down below, too. Um, be sure to check out my latest short film that Josh helped do the music on, Distinguished. Uh, we're in pre excuse me, we're not in pre-production for the new film. As of the day this episode is dropping, we are shooting our next film, No Vex, this week. I'm very excited to see for you guys to see this bit. I am directing it, and our boy Tyler is writing and producing this one. Uh, so it'll be a lot of fun to go ahead and work on this piece. But yeah, man, Danielle, I think that's wrapping it up for this week, bro. <laughs> Yeah, but your mic's turned off. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's going to go ahead and wrap it up for this week, Danilo. Yeah, I think so as well, man. All I know is we're going to need these two to have a rap battle, dude. You can be, I'll be Rabbit and you be, uh, not, not me as Rabbit, dude. I'll be uh, Cheddar and you can be, uh, who is the MC? To, to my uh, future? Oh, yeah, you be future, dude. You be future. I'll be uh, Cheddar. We'll have OG Spliff and Breezy go at it. <laughs> we'll drop the beat, dude. We'll drop the card. I don't, don't want to be uh, Clarence. I want to be a. Uh... <laughs> I want to be the uh, the dude before Clarence. I forgot what okay. it is. <laughs> all right, all right. Hey, no, no one wants to be Clarence, dog. No one wants to be Clarence. Okay. Nah, fuck Clarence, bro. <laughs> anyway, dude, yeah, I think that does wrap it up. Like I always say, if you're looking for a good place to get some pizza, get some Little Caesars. If you're looking for a good place to spend some money, but save your money, go to Chili's. Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. And when you're done at Chili's, after you go ahead and leave your waitress or waiter a nice tip on there, go ahead and sign your bill, go ahead and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, now known as X, TikTok, all at Galaxy of Film. We got the Facebook fan club on uh, Facebook, of course, ran by our director of fan relations, Shamim. Go ahead and join in there for exclusive and early content. Um, you can also follow us on our Facebook page. We got the YouTube channel, Galaxy of Film Productions, for our short films. And of course, you can just go to our website, galaxyoffilm.com, where all of our work is available. Uh, but yeah, guys, that's going to wrap it up for this time. Stay tuned for next week for our Dragon Ball special. That'll be a lot of fun. Got a nice special guest star coming for you for that week as well. And stay tuned for Josh Breezy's Mayhem and the Mora. Can't wait for that to drop in a few weeks. But. Thanks so much for listening, guys. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us an iTunes and Spotify review. It truly does help with the show much more than you can imagine. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye, guys. I think I live on the other side of 8 Mile.